Hello, gamers. It's this week's Gaming Face Punch podcast. I almost said the wrong one then. That's the entertainment one I do on the Sunday. That's the other one. Yes. We're going to deluge you with a few stories. It's been a bit like this week's storyline-wise, but uh, as always, start these podcasts on with uh, Nige. We've been playing. Well, a couple of games. Uh, obviously, I've played a little bit of DOC before <laughs> anything else. A surprise, Kel surprise. Mm. However, I've also uh, gone back to my save on uh, Football Manager 2023. Come back to that. I'm. Uh, I took Woking up to the uh, up to the Championship, but I got offered a uh, a role at Southampton, who had been relegated to the Championship, and I thought, mm, better players, more money, let's go. And I'm halfway through the season and we're top. So done done a bit of that. But then what's that new Bethesda vampire game? Red Fall? Oh Redfall. Yeah. Had a little go on that today. Um, you know, a single player. Um I think all I've done is I've got out found my way out of that ship that's got the water around you. Mm. Killed a few of these cultist people. Uh, and then found myself into a uh, fire station. It plays about as much as I've had. Yeah, I, it's, I did it during lunch today, and i got to say, it's not really gripping me. No, um, it's not like, it's like Back for Blood was more bloody gripping. Yeah, and I didn't really like that too much, and it still is more gripping than, than this Redfall, unfortunately. So, yeah. Not so sure yet. I might give it a little bit more. I killed the vampire that's in there, cleared him out from cultists. And it, I'm just sitting there going, the whole place has been taken over by vampires. They're killing everything. Why are they leaving the cultists alone? They're just walking around and willy-nilly and they're not getting attacked. I don't understand. We'll find out. Yes, we'll find out. I still haven't finished off Horizon Forbidden West. I'm close to finishing it off, but I decided to do like a near completionist run on it. So I'm just running around. I'd like to shoot and robot dinosaurs, but it's a bit small on my face. That's my issue. I'll... That's my issue. I start playing a game going, I just want to get through the game, and then I'll go back through and do the completion thing. Mm. And I get a little bit in and I go, I'm, I'm, I'm edging my way towards doing a completion thing on my first playthrough. This is not good. I need to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll I spend know. more time on it. It's, but that's where I get my fun from, really. And the great thing is, is when you do these tasks, when you get bored, you just go back to the main story, mm. and then the boredom then dissipates. You then go through that loop again to do the other stuff, and just keep going around the loop until you've completed a load of bits. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> I haven't played this stupid game on there. The other one is I've started playing Borderlands Three with Carl. Okay. Yeah, it was going for a tenner on um, the Xbox store, so bought that, and we mm. started playing that together. Fortunately, he's been playing a bit more of it than me, um, so he's ahead. So. so he's got some good weapons that he can drop on you. He's, um, I, I, for me, it's it's how the weapon handles more than stats, if that makes any sense. He's quite a stats man. He's like you with the inventory. Mm. It's like kind of, and the worst thing is, is because he's playing like an original kind of Xbox, I'm having to wait around. While he loads. 
Yes, for him to sort his payloads and well, no, sorry, for him to load up, yeah, and then he does his payload. So I'm like, oh god, that's like twice. Get, yeah, get yourself an X or an S. You'll appreciate it, mate. The S you could probably get for cheap now. People probably want to get rid. Mm. True, true. Anyway, now we've done away with all the niceties. I think it's time we got on to our, our first story. <laughs> So, Babster would have loved this one because me and Babster love John Carpenter's The Thing and some other other John Carpenter things that go on. But John Carpenter, if you didn't know, is a is a is a horror director from the eighties. It's responsible for um, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, um, and Halloween. Um, See, my favourite out of them is Big Trouble in Little China. I know it's it's great. I, I, I consider it a, a spiritual sequel to Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Because it's it feels like it's in the vein of Ghostbusters, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's and just a good laugh. In the same world, but um, John Carpenter's um, a big gamer. He really is a big gamer. I think the last thing I heard from him was criticizing uh, Halo Infinite and threatening to make a, a Dead Space horror thing, which I said, "Do it, do it now." Um, but John Carpenter apparently is making a co-op zombie video game called Toxic Commando. Um, John Carpenter's Toxic... Oh, hang on, sorry, I can't read the bloody thing there. The director of uh, horror classics such as Halloween and The Thing, which I watched in the cinema back in October, which is fantastic, uh, happens to be a king gamer, and now he's making his own online shooter. Make complete Redfall, Nige. You might have something decent to play with. Something decent. Although he hasn't made a film for over a decade, John Carpenter is still doing something through, the, uh, through his renaissance period at the moment with recent Halloween films and mastery of synthways leading to a new appreciation of his whole career. Basically, films are shit. We miss John Carpenter doing things. Even fucking Ghosts of Mars looks like a masterpiece now in comparison to the crap that we're getting. <laughs> and that's saying something when I can say Ghosts of Mars, if you've ever seen Ghosts of Mars. It's got Jason Statham in it. He's got an American accent. It's terrible. Um, I actually still like it as a film, though. That's the terrible thing. I honestly can't picture Jason Statham, Mr. Gazer, being American. an American. I can't. It's one of his first big film roles, I'll be honest with you. Um, there's even talk about a sequel to The Thing, and this is where Babster would have enjoyed that. But one of his, uh, but one of his many just, but that's one of his many interests um, that doesn't get talked about is his love of video games. He likes horror games naturally. Of course, he would, being a horror director. Um, but apparently he's also a massive Sonic the Hedgehog geek and has a penchant for Jack and Daxter. Uh, you know, it, it's little has been known, uh, uh, little has been known about this for some time, yet he's had little involvement with making and uh, providing music for Sentinel Returns. I have no idea what Sentinel Returns is. And with the cutscenes for Fear 3. So he did the cutscenes for Fear 3. Bellend, that was a terrible game. You should have done something better. Uh, now he's heading, he's a very own game, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Unveiled at Summer Games Fest, which was on, and everyone complained that there was nothing, which is annoying. Um, I, when I say everyone complained that nothing, I complained that there was nothing interesting because I looked through the stories and released trailers, and this was the one that got me, along with another one that I'll show you later. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, he's, you know, not to be confused with Troma's Toxic Avenger. Uh, Saber Interactive is developing... Um, the game plot sounds a lot sillier than one of John Carpenter's mo uh, uh, movies, with a monstrous sludge god accidentally being released from the Earth's core, turning everyone into undead monsters. 
Sounds quite simple. Um, I'm going to hit accept. Oh my god, it's in daily motion. Hang on a second. Cool, blimey, Governor, that was loud. Yeah, no, sorry. Oh, oh, I might just tend to something in there. So we've got the classic driving through the, the, the Alpine kind of wilderness. Yeah, he's got a pretty armoured car. Ruby. Old 80s music in it. That's all over it. Yeah, fully, fully macho men with a dupe. Dupe macho boys. Three. Just the blood off the screen. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, now we've got some gameplay footage. Oh, that looks quite good. It looks like Back for Blood but by John Carpenter. Well, we've got rocket launchers. Yeah, um, what's the game you like? The zombie horde game. Days, days, days Gone was the, zombie, gone. the first big proper zombie horde game that would work. Yeah, so there's so well in this you've got armored truck that you're just driving through a swarm. Oh, driving with a Humvee and a machine gun on top of the Humvee, that's gonna be fun. Oh, I have to keep talking because of the bloody Oh yeah, the music is uh, it's still going. Oh, it's annoying because the podcast listeners, we're just watching them plow through zombies with trucks and machine guns. And, and there were hordes it, and hordes and some special zombies too. It looks like fun. So, yeah, we've taken inspiration from uh, quite a few things there. And quite a few things. That, that um, really tall one at the end, it looked like something from um, Left for Dead. Mm. So it's quite a bit of a mixture there of, of uh, different zombie shooter games, actually. Probably wants, wants an 80s soundtrack to go along with it. That would we be cool. We can have cool. an 80s soundtrack as we're playing it. I think I'd really appreciate that. I, I enjoyed listening to that song as well, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, when we have to deal with the copyright element on the other side. But hey, podcast yeah. listeners get to listen to um, Bon Jovi um, shot. Was it Bon Jovi? Yeah, bon Jovi shot. I think it was Bon Jovi shot through the heart. I'm sure, it is. But part of me, I'm tired. My brain's like, going, are you sure? Are you sure, Gareth? Are you sure? Um, I'm sure someone that, will correct correct us. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to be good. There's chance of technical errors coding all that sort of thing so it may not be perfect on release that's my, what my gut is telling me I'm, um, I'm hoping not I'm hoping they sort of go here's a finished game and we've bug tested it and it's great but not if it was a single player game I'd put and John Carpenter I'd, I'd say yes but it's because it's multiplayer co-op we're going to get there's going to be issues I can lay money on there being issues Nigel I think um I don't want to say it, but just experience tells me that it, that there'll probably be a problem. But saying that, when they fix it and sort it, because I imagine they will fix it and sort it, that looks like fun. Please be on Games Pass. That's my my next thing. Yeah, if it's on Game Pass, that's a that's a download for me. I I'll play with you and Carl for sure. Yeah, we'll get Babster on that too because he's been he's been he's been hankering for some co-op activity on his Xbox. He has. Yes, he has. Okay, shall we move on to our next story? Yeah.
From the Metro, Spider-Man 2's release date is October, but Venom's not Eddie Brock. Alright, I like my Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my, it's Batman and Spider-Man, two favourite heroes. Both of them got fantastic rogues gallery. And one of the characters I love, really love in the rogues gallery is Eddie Brock as Venom. But they look like they're going down the uh, Harry Osborne um, route as Venom. That's what I think. So the first things first is Spider-Man 2 is being released on the oh, 20th of October. Um, so it's getting released on the 20th of October. Uh, fantastic. I think I'm going to pre-order it. I'm going to be annoyed if uh, if it is what I th if they're going to go down the Harry Osborne route. They've got to have Eddie Brock in there, even if he doesn't be Venom. I, I, I don't know how you can not have him. They're one and the same. There's a bloody film. Everyone knows it now. Um, so the biggest announcement from uh, Summer Games Fest, bizarrely, was a PS5 exclusive Marvel Spider-Man 2, which is starting pre-orders this month. Might hopefully will be one that's worth pre-ordering, unlike before when we've pretty much had games that aren't. If Microsoft managed to have as good Xbox Games Showcase, and then they're going to have some serious questions to be asked on what on earth was Sony playing at with its PlayStation Showcase. Now, the PlayStation Showcase was all right, um, and it did what you should do and, and show games. Microsoft, your biggest problem at the moment is not your hardware, it's not your services, it's your lack of quality games. Get some goddamn quality games out there, because at the moment, Games Pass looks like it's doing you over, because developers don't have to make a profit, because they don't have to make a profit, they're not putting in the same amount of effort, which is a problem. Yeah, Sony, you've got it right, where it's like kind of, we've got our little version of Games Pass, Spider-Man 2 is not going to be on that for a year at least. Enough time to sell the game, make some money, know if it's a success or not, and, and move on. Um, there's no new games play footage uh, at Gameplay Summerfest, but the developer Insomnia did unveil the game's box art and confirmed release date. So, box art, sorry for the listeners on the podcast. Uh, box art, very simple, it's just Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales. I'm a little worried that we're going to play a bit too much Miles Morales, but you can see the Venom symbiote on on Peter's arm there um, and the, the tagline was play together and if you know anything about Venom Venom always refers to itself as we um, yeah which, which is always quite interesting uh, a number of other characters have hosted the Venom thing Matt Gargan's um, Scorpion Flash Thompson Brock and uh, Brock's son Dylan um, but it seems to be hinting at Harry Osborne which is the way I, I don't but it could but this could be a misdirect they could be on Harry to start with and then, sorry, it could be on Peter, then get on to Harry, then get rejected by Harry, and then finally wind up with Eddie, and then they merge together properly. And given the fact that, that, that Sony owns Spider-Man and they have the, the Venomverse, as we're calling it, um, it would make more sense to push Eddie Brock as Venom, because it kind of fits. And if they were clever, they'd get Tom Hardy to voice both parts of Venom. Um because he loves double dipping. He does. Uh, he does love double dipping. It's, uh, I'm hoping, I'm, I, I am, I am kind of worried about that, but. Mm. From the gameplay I saw, the gameplay looked very similar to the first game and Miles Morales. Uh, so gameplay front, not so fast. I think they might introduce a few different abilities here and there, just to keep it a little bit fresh. Doing, 
but still, I enjoyed both of those games. And if the gameplay is similar and the story is nice, I don't see why I wouldn't enjoy it. As long as on release there's no bugs. Do you want to hear something funny? I was just looking at the collector's edition. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think I think Sony, if there are bugs, they're not game breaking bugs. If that makes any sense, they're yeah. glitchy, annoying things. They're not cyberpunk bugs. No, yeah, not cyberpunk bugs. I think um, uh, they're not to that level. But we've got they've got the collector's edition here, and I'm just looking at the collector's edition, and it's like um, Spider-Man Two collector's edition, steel playbook, um, steel book, sorry, display case. Full digital PS5 game, 18-inch uh, collector's um, statue of um, uh, Peter and um, Miles fighting, uh, what's his mush? And includes 10, 10 uh, pre-ordered costumes with some extra points and whatnot. Do you know what I don't see in that? I don't see a physical copy of the game. They've done this well, before. They did this with the uh, the Switch version of Zelda. You bought the, the 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 premium Switch Zelda console, and you didn't get Zelda with it. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I I tried doing. I tried. I genuinely tried to do the all digital route, and I couldn't do it. I got so far, and I got to the point where I'm like. I had to buy myself uh, an Xbox Series X because I want games on media. I like games on media. Something about it. The, the, you know when you pull the plastic off and you get the smell of plastic? Yeah, that kind of... This game yeah. is new. Um, to to be honest with you, uh, I, I didn't... Because I knew I wouldn't be able to handle just being digital with the console. Uh, that's why I got the... The disc version of the PS5, and I got the Xbox S uh, X. Even though all of the games that I've got on the Xbox is a download version of it, but I've got a bunch of Xbox original games which I have used and mm. played on my Xbox yeah. X. So I wouldn't be able to have done that if I had DS. Yeah, it's it's the thing, but it's. I think there's another version of it too where you can get the get some some extra bricks. It's two hundred twenty yeah. quid. Um, I'm gonna check it out. I've got two games that I'm gonna pre-order. One's gonna be the um, the Telltale Expanse game. I'm gonna get that um, because I like the Expanse. Uh, you know, you shouldn't pre-order it, and it'll be it'll be standard Telltale fare. I don't think it'll be any massively difference, but I would like to see if the writers of The Expanse have had, because they were gamers originally, because if you know the story of The Expanse, it came about because of the crap ending of Mass Effect 3. Did you know that? I'm, I'm sure yeah. I've told you this story plenty of times. You told too, me. But, but they, they came out because of, the, the, because of that. But two games you're going to pre-order, it's probably that, and this Spider-Man game had 70 bloody pounds. It's going to be 70 pounds. 70 pounds, 70 dollars, just come on, guys. And on that note, on that on that disappointing note, because games at £70 just don't feel right, especially when they're not completed. Moving on to our next story. So, we talked a while back about the Dead Space demake, where someone got hold of Dead Space, and they went, what did Dead Space look like on the PS1? Resident Evil Zero, which was pretty close to the PS1, um, 
and they've re- they've done a remake for that too. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't think it'd be that hard because all you have to do is whatever they did for Resident Evil, the first Resident <laughs> Evil, and follow that through. Um, but hey, it's one of those things. So um, we got the Dead Space remake. Um, Capcom's been hitting it out of the park with the Resident Evil remakes. Yes, we know this. Um, well, uh, you don't have to wait under any longer. A group of modders have created a Resident Evil Zero remake. Uh, the game was originally released in 2002 for the GameCube and looked pretty similar to HD uh, to, H- to the HD. Somebody's at my front door. Um, I forgot to turn my phone off. Oops, bad me. I'll go again. <laughs> anyway, um, modders have created a Resident Evil Zero remake. Uh, the game was originally released 2002 for the GameCube. I remember when that came out because my brother Alex played it. Thought that the original Resident Evil Zero was was fantastic. Told me I had to play it. Didn't play it until a couple of years later. Um, this remake, however, does the opposite and turns the Resident Evil experience um, into like that of the first three games on the PlayStation One. So we've got some footage here. I have to go through past here because that's the uh, the the Let's Play Resident Evil Four remake, which they they've managed to put in here, and we've got the footage here. So again, sorry to the podcast listeners. Very very visual. Um, so, oh, that brings back memory, that noise. Oh, yeah, that brings back memories. Well, I called it a noise, it's not a cut, it's a beautiful sound. That's the sound of I'm about to have fun. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Re- that's one, that's, ironically, that's one of the one of our little kind of bits that we have in between here. So, let's uh, let's fast forward it through a bit. So, I think they've got they've got the cut sequences, and we need to get through the cut sequences because we're not interested in the sequences. We're interested in it looks just like Resident Evil. The original Resident Evil. Apart from the, the resolution the characters is a lot higher because I can see their eyes rather than, than a blurred pixelated mess where the eyes should be. And I yeah. don't know if they have a jibble sandwich in there. Um let's just forward through it a bit more, just have a nose at this here. So see so if you the Resident Evil one was set was before the 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 first Resident Evil game and it took place primarily on a train with a prisoner. And they had these weird slugs that had the, the virus in. So the slug bit even got the virus, and that's how they're transmitting it. And you have to fight Slug Man at the end. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at that, and I and I can see what they've done, because what they've probably done is they've taken stills from the game and then loaded them in. So they've looked at the, the, the GameCube game, because it was still that horrible tank controls, which I know you love, Nigel. I know you love tank controls at GameCube. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and, and Resident Evil Zero had tank controls. Um but one of the things that it, it, it oh my god, oh, see they haven't got the scenery quite right. So she's the, the you can see the guy where it's not quite covered up on the thing there. So he's supposed to be behind that bar. So there's still some work to be done on this. But you know, I do appreciate these D makes. It, it's, it's something weirdly novel and like nostalgic without being nostalgic sort of thing. Where's the where's the other guy? Where's Billy? I think it's Billy's his name. Come on. Got Billy in there? Is it just it won't play anymore? There we go. There's Billy. Hey, he's the prisoner. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I think they should have. They should down the res on Billy. You can see, there you go, Billy. Such, such a God. I'm such a great gamer. I am to remember the fact that it was Billy in uh, Resident Evil Zero. There. He. Um, yeah, because the idea was that you could switch between the two characters. And you'd share inventory. So the problem is, if one of your characters was on one side of the map and another was on the other side of the map, you'd have to worry about it. And there was like a thing with a dumb waiter on the train where you send bits up and down to each other so you could 
uh, fix puzzles and whatnot. It was quite a novel thing. They did want to do it in the Resident Evil games, but before they went to the PlayStation 2 era and the GameCube era, didn't have the technical capabilities doing it, and that's why they did it then. Um, they do need to sort some of this imaging out because they are on the wrong side. Um, they kind of got the layers right, but they didn't put the layer over the top, so you can see them walking pretty much in front of the bar, the safety bar on the train there. Um, and then you got the guy <sighs> clipping through that there. But interesting. I do like the D-Max. There's a novelty, something interesting to talk about. I'm gonna, I do think they're, they're cool. Um, I'm going to have to get you to play a Metal Gear game or a Resident Evil game. I think I can get you to play Mes Resident, uh, Metal, Gear Solid, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, probably before playing any of the, the Resident Evil games, because that tank control thing, you'll just go, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I refuse. Yeah, I sort of... The only game which I think had a tanky control was a final fantasy game that i played and because it was final fantasy i sort of forgave it a little bit mm. but not not to that extent where you're trying to aim at something and shoot and it doesn't fucking hit something because it's not you're not aiming quite right mm. because it's tank control and it's very tricky and then also it i don't like the cameras camera angles and then having to... to adapt when they change to angles you're running through and you you run into another area and it changes the angle. So the direction you're pushing actually means you get back the other way. And then you, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Sure. Uh, I'll give it a shot. We have to, as I said, I'm going to get you to play one, whatever a Metal Gear game or um, a Resident Evil game. I'm trying to think if there's a Resident Evil. Actually, no, I got you to play one Resident Evil game once because we did uh, Resident Evil 5 VR. Yeah, that was a VR game. Couldn't get the bitch, sorry. Couldn't get the no. bitch in the attic, though, could we? No, couldn't we get past. stuck on it. Now, imagine on a controller, it's easier, but we couldn't. I did appreciate the fact that I could poke my head out the doors and like, look left and right down the corridor before yeah. it came out. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> but, hey, it's one of those things. Let's, uh, let's move on to our next one. No Man's Sky, another, another update, and and a new platform. So um, they brought out one called Exposition 10 Singularity. Um, we'll look into that in a second, but they brought out full native support to PSVR 2. So if you've got PSVR 2, you can play it there. Um, a company, Utopian Expeditions. Um, so we've got that, a twist on, on gameplay. United Players under an umbrella of a universal habitation project and then you got the most recent one which was the um interceptor one but we've got the singularity one here i've watched the video i'll be honest with you it's not much in the video um but i know why they, they released it because they're releasing it on mac um so i'm wondering how that works keith might be going, oh i played it on mac oh it's much better on mac yeah really Keith. yeah yeah keith. really good yeah, yeah keith whatever keith um the explorers will begin their pilgrimage in the harmonic camp, nestled amongst purple haze mountains of, I'm not saying that, uh, Singularity is a narrative heavy journey and forms the second chapter of the story introduced in Interceptor. So I haven't gone back to it since then in the recent updates, because every time I go back to it, I have to learn to play the game all over again. 
Plus, plus, when I was playing with my friend, I accidentally gave him a shit ton of cash that I shouldn't have done. Gave him an extra, like, kind of 350,000, uh, 350 million credits or units, whatever they call it. So, um, he's not complaining. He bought himself a, what do you call it, a freighter. Yeah. And I can't chlorine farm anymore, which is really annoying. Because I can't buy, they don't sell oxygen in the shops. That sounds so weird. They don't sell oxygen in the shops anymore on No Bad Sky. I've kind of fallen out with it. <laughs> um, so, so they've got some bits here. Um, let's just have a look. So, construction customization set. Uh, adopt the appearance of mechanical automaton so you can make stuff look like, like a transformer, we'll say. So, we've got some heads there that are showing off. Sorry for the podcast listeners again. Pretty visual. Um, and then we've got Atlas, Atlantid, and construction posters that are being added there. A discordant jetpack trail, which is basically purple. Uh, Crimson Fighter, so no trail there. Living Fragments based decorations, it's fine. Wayfarer Helmet, these are all kind of little kind of things. Community Research, Community Spotlight. Oh, that's quite a nice picture there. There's a guy, apparently, gorgeous artwork by Christopher Fagley. Uh, that is nice. I like that. Nice, well done. Um, oh, someone building bits out of Lego. Wow. They actually look. These Lego creations, someone actually did that. That's really cool. For the podcast listeners, someone has built... Uh, I have this this squiddy singularity ship here, and I also have the organic ship there too, which you can't see on the podcast, but someone's managed to recreate them in Lego, and they look quite impressive, especially the fact they managed to get the tentacles on the organic ship. They've got like a, a an interceptor ship there, and they've built one of the little... Someone's built one of the... Um, the little uh, pillars that you... That's the knowledge get. thing, isn't it? Yes, thank you. Knowledge stone. There we go. Thanks, Nigel. Um, so, yeah, we've got all those things in there. So, it looks like it's a new story game. doesn't introduce too many things, and now it's available on Mac. Cracky. These guys don't stop with their updates. There's quite a few of them. Um, I think that's quite a positive one. No, it's quite a positive. I, I, do, find, I do find what No Man's Sky has done is, is, is quite a positive thing. Um... Let's move on to our next one. Right. I only heard about this because people were complaining. Nige, what two reasons could they be complaining about? Two, two reasons. Two, two reasons. Um, well, two maybe reasons? her eyes are too dark with sh- eyeshadow, and <laughs> she's got this necklace thing. Yeah. So, um, Diablo Four um, released uh, a trailer. The side of blood. And it's got. And in Diablo Four, mm-hmm. there are rivers of it. Megan Show me your Fox worst in it. Now, I'll be honest with you. Diablo deaths, and you might she get doesn't really contribute much. Telling the world that you are like cinema in. Should we say acting terms? Even even Transformers, not so much. Even Transformers, yeah. Now, apparently, um, that simple trailer was enough to set some people on the internet into an absolute frenzy. Uh, Which way? Angry? Pitchforks. The the, the angry frenzy. The other frenzy quietly disappeared off into another room and uh, said, leave me alone for at least 15 minutes. Um, 
Um, I, I found the article and I've lost the bloody article, which is really annoying. Man, fuck's dying. I have to, I have to bloody look for it again. Um, why? Why are people upset with her promoting Diablo Four? I, I don't. No, I could. I could understand if you turn around and said, "Look, she's good looking, but she's a fucking spanner." <laughs> I could understand that. That's legitimate. Yeah, we don't want to represent the thingy because uh, we consider ourselves smarter. We went the thinking girls, Totty. Sorry, the thinking man's totty girl sort of thing. Anyway. Um, yeah, so... Um, I found... Hang on a second. Let me, let, me, let me share this. Let me share this properly. So, this, was, this is in Forbes. So... It, it's a low effort. I'll be honest with you. It's a low effort advert. Because, hey, Megan, Megan I want you to advertise um, No Man's Sky. All right, I just want to stand behind the green screen in a bikini, yeah, and uh, and just read this. Um, so, watch scantily clad Megan Fox read Diablo for eulogies for uh, um, eulogies for ridiculous. Oh, what the fuck, Diablo! Oh, thank you. I forgot to press the button to share. The thing. <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure if Blizzard uh, Blizzard needs to employ viral marketing techniques to, and gimmicks to advertise the launch of Diablo 4, considering that they may have um, may have upset their user base when they brought out Diablo Immortal. Um, sorry, let me. Oh, crikey, that's what I want. Forbes, your formatting on your site's terrible. Good job, Forbes. Good job, Forbes. I can do that. Every other site, I can zoom in and make it easier for everyone. To, oh God, now I've got. Right, and I do. But admittedly, I do have trouble reading these if they're not in like big, big font. <laughs> big font, because I, I, I've got old man eyes. Um, hang on a second, but sorry, I like putting it because the idea is you put it on old man eyes, and we have us primarily there. So, um, I've lost my fucking chain of thought. Um. But it, they got upset because um, basically she's a woman and she looks good and you can't have good-looking woman woman because one yeah people who don't like good-looking women yeah want to complain yeah and they want to complain because you know why because men like good-looking women even if I do think she's a bit of a spanner because she is a bit of a spanner if you've heard her stories about her taking drinking her blood of her husband and stuff. Which, you know, whatever consenting adults get up to in their own spare time is not not any not really any of my concern. But uh yeah, it's yeah. They're calling it a corset. It doesn't look like much of a corset. It's but, it's basically a tight dress. Yeah, it's you're right, it's not a corset that she would wear to uh Oscars any or BAFTA of... or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, She's literally it's just... stood there in a dress. And people are annoyed. This is, yeah. I, 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 it's just someone... But I, I've, I've seen this, though, uh, on the internet. Like, literally somebody will post something that's a nice story or some of them. And there is always somebody who will try to pick fault with it, regardless of what it might be. It could be anything. Somebody will try and find the angle to make it a negative it doesn't matter what it is and I, whenever i i tend to see you, you mostly see it when you're on uh, facebook or whatever and you scroll through it, you go oh 
interesting little video, nice little heartwarming. And I tend to check the comment oh, because I, I hunt them out and I sit there and go, oh, it's one of the top comments. Yeah, I've turned it into a negative. Fantastic. And then everyone's calling them out and they're going, huh, what, I was only fishing. No, you weren't, mate. You were a dick. Oh, you know, that's the internet. That's where we are in the world today. You can't have something nice or at all without somebody picking it apart and being dicks about it. Um, right? Diablo 4, for me, is every I see it everywhere. Obviously, if you've got the Blizzard installer, it obviously pops up in your face. I literally turned on my Xbox today, and it was there on the home screen. Diablo 4. You, you, you know, Microsoft are pushing Diablo 4 so hard, they took down their Xbox Pride symbol and replaced it with the Diablo symbol. The problem is, if you know nothing about it, like I did, it looked like they were saying gays go to hell. Because it went from the Pride one to a burning effigy, like something that you'd see in hell. And it was only until I realised that it was because they were advertising Diablo that it made any sense. Because otherwise I was thinking, that's a very odd way of celebrating Pride. Well, yeah, I, be, be happy, you're all going to hell. And it's like, I don't I, um, Microsoft being like that. No. I'm I, sure I, clicked the, um, I clicked the Diablo 4 thing. Just have a look. And it immediately starts to play the trailer video for the, and then you have to click out of that to get to the actual um Microsoft store of it. And the cheapest is 70 quid, and then it goes 80 quid, then it goes 90 quid, and you're sitting there going. See the thing with uh, it's didn't they have like when they released the last version of it, one it was a, a, a technical mess, and then the other part of it too was the shop where you could sell stuff and yeah, Diablo sell 3. It for real. Yeah, sell it for real gold. You were selling stuff for real gold on an auction house, and it was get it. it I think because it was do it, they were doing that. It was technically gambling and wasn't allowed to be. Yeah. They got rid of that in the end. Diablo three. Perhaps it sounds like you said Pablo three. That'd be Diablo three. Pablo three. Pablo. I actually might do a, 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 a if I just find the Diablo model and see if I can reskin it and just have like Spanish people find each other. And call it Pablo 3. It's a good idea, Nigel. Bar crawler. Let's go to our next story. PC game crosses 90,000 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. One critically acclaimed PC game has remarkably impressed them. Uh, was remarkably has crossed a remarkably impressive milestone, reaching 90,000 overwhelming positive reviews on Steam. And I'm looking at the pressing thing on the wrong window. Half-Life's remake, Black Mesa, ironically on Steam, like pretty much it would be a headline game if Steam made games anymore. Sorry, Valve made games anymore, has reached a remarkable milestone of hitting 90,000 overwhelming positive reviews on Steam. The game is one of the best remakes of all time, and, has, uh, and this achievement reflects it perfectly. When Black Mesa finally released after 16 years of development, bloody hell, 16 years of development, it was massive among gamers, especially those who, made who were extremely faithful to the original Half-Life while making enough changes to make it feel modern and fresh. It didn't stray away from making uh, larger changes where it was necessary to. The Zen chapter, commonly seen as the worst part of the original game, agreed. 
it is the worst part of the original game, kind of takes you out the whole thing. Uh, developed by Crowbar Collect uh, and developed by Crowbar Collective, received tools to, uh, to overhaul and ensure it didn't drag down uh, the remake. Black Mesa is a shining example of how you do remakes uh, and remakes uh, should be done. And in the <laughs> dry mouth, and the fact that it started as a fan-made project just makes things better. So, um, apart from bollocksing up reading that article, so I've got the, the driest mouth like Andy's flip-flop. Um, uh, I have I've, I've got this on my Steam wish list and it keeps coming up. You should buy this game. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should buy this game. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good and it kind of looks like it's going down the old. Um, and I'm sorry, Capcom's the gold standard for remakes. Um, the Capcom hey. gold standard for remakes. And I'm really regret not shutting my phone off. You talk <laughs> while I. Uh, I let me just. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten about Black Mesa, actually. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I do remember about it being a fan-made fan -made thing. Very, very interesting there. Did they... Did they so they must have got the uh, okay from Valve to create it and obviously publish it on Steam. Yeah, yeah they... No, no, no. Two ways about it. They definitely did. Yeah, so, fantastic. It's it's fourteen ninety nine on Steam at the moment. I it was up for three ninety nine when they sent me an email last. Um, I might have to look into that. It's uh, yeah, it's an interesting one that. Um, I think we'll move on to our next one. Arcade masterpiece Operation Wolf comes back, uh, and as comes back only as it could in 2023. Uh, Rail shooting granddaddy is reborn on the PlayStation and PC. And thank you for sharing the screen, Nigel. It's in VR apparently. In 1987, they were badass. In 2023, nothing has changed. Operation Wolf Return. First mission VR. Turn it down a bit. So, yeah, so, so it is. In the face of such violence. <laughs> hey, didn't we do a video like that? Yeah. For hatred. Um, yeah, yeah, we do. So it's an on rail shooter. Bad news for, for the bad guys. VR. They are back. For a new campaign. So it's it's a VR shooter. Not to mention survival mode. Just gonna put him on uh, mute there while we play while we're chatting away. Um, yeah, so it's uh, this like a VR. It's a VR on rail shooter similar to what was that one? Uh, there was the oh god, the one that was set in the circus based off of the. The um oh my god I, my memory's just gone to cack. No, there's Gunjack. I'm sure there's one called Gunjack where you sat in a thing and shot down asteroids and enemy fighters like a VR version of um uh what do you call it a VR version of Space Invaders and then there was another one where you were on a rail track thing going through a circus and you were shooting stuff. I don't Reminds me of that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Brain fart time. Double brain fart. 
Um, yeah, I think that's gonna be good. It looks like it's come out on the Oculus uh, Quest, whatever it is. So, yes, yes, it'll be good. It'll be good if you like VR. I think so. Yeah, I've got to get my VR out. I've I've not got it out since I got my PlayStation Five, which I've had for like two years, <laughs> and uh, it should should help the frame rate on 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 the on the v, uh, PlayStation VR. And uh, I've still got some VR games I should play. Anyway, let's go on to our on to our next one. Butterfingers. Um, <laughs> the world's smallest working video game controller. It looks like a, a controller for Barbie and Ken. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, the world's smallest video game controller must be a world record. Uh, this, oh god, that's ironic. This NES controller was built by Red Herring32. Why do I feel like I'm being trolled? And it's possible the world's smallest working, working video game controller. At least that's what they're claiming, and it would be hard to make it, imagine to make it any smaller. Oh, I can imagine someone somewhere putting one on a grain of rice, because I've seen someone paint on a grain of rice, so I can sort it out. Uh, this is the Pico Pad, the world's smallest functional NES controller. In fact, the world's smallest video game controller overall. Please contact Guinness so you can actually declare it the world's smallest one because they'll come by and they will test it. And having a name like Red Herring doesn't help. Um, how difficult you think to play games with? I assure you it's much worse. That's fine. Do you think I could get five subs, subs with this? That's oh, that's quite sweet. Get five subs with this. Uh Red Herring uh, 32 is a hardware modif uh, modification wizard responsible for a bunch of really amazing advancements in the retro modding scene. Um, so that's why Babs has put him on there. Most notably for the Tiny Tendo, the Open Tendo project, which has minimized the original NES and put it into handheld form. That's a cool one. Um, we've been seeing the work pop up on the Twitter feed for a while now, but today posting about the new open source NES controller that really got our attention. Look at that tiny, sorry podcast listeners, it's about the size of the tip of your finger. Yeah, that is tiny. I don't even know how you're meant to uh, push the A and B button. Yeah. How? I want to yeah. jump, but you push both. <laughs> yeah, it's just, look at that. Look at that in size. Oh, he's got it wired yeah, into a proper... Look. Have a... Yeah. It's got, that cable goes into a proper uh, NES, NES connector, so it, it will go into the NES. That is mad. And you can see it, you've got a nice comparison there where you can see it against the, the plug and the game controller. That is a massive plug, considering so how big is, USBs are now. Yeah, it if is. You can tell it's a USB-C or a lightning adapter. That's huge. So, yeah, it's a standard plug. And for context, this controller is... A quarter of a size, if you take into effect the the width and the and the depth. Yeah. Even if you lay it sideways, it's not it's half as long. Yeah, that is so tiny. Tiny. I, I, I just fucking snap that in two. Could you imagine? There's a game called Track and Field on the NES <laughs> where you have to smash the buttons. You wouldn't be able to smash that in two because you wouldn't get the purchase. You can't. It's too small. <laughs> uh, you fuck up on Donkey Kong and yeah, there's no way you can smash your controller it's too light 
It's like you throw it against the wall and just flat. You throw it and it just floats and then feathers itself down to the floor. My God. Okay. Um, let's move on to our last story, shall we? Uh, we'll have... Oh, we'll have one of these. So, um, Gates to Heaven, a brand new Amstrad CPC release from EPS Soft. It looks so much better than those, 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 those diabolical and terrible Spectrum games that Bamster enforces on us. Look at that. Look how good that looks. You can tell that's a hand, that's Slimer, and that's a little dude there with big eyes. I know what's going on there. Uh, another Amstrad news story for all, to all, for you all. Um, thanks to the head up from a good friend at Xenomorph and Saberman, we've been told that we really enjoyed any of ESP's software's previous games for the CPC Duel. The CPC Duels that, um, oh my god, Seemed Chronicles? What kind of word is that? I don't know. I know I, I, right, first things first, I've not got it in old man vision. Let me put it in old man vision. Super Chronicles, Arcos, The Traitor, Red Sunset. Uh, you may be interested to know that there's a new release on the Amprad CPC, Gates to Heaven. Uh, to coincide with this latest story, both Xenomorph and Saberman have done a video of the game in action. Let's have a look oh, at this. Let's, let's watch this uh, Just masterpiece. I remember that. Oh, basic one. Basic one. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. 16K versus 64K. Just more RAM. Just much better. I do oh, remember God. that. I can't remember what. Like a fax machine. Um, yeah. That was one thing I didn't like about the Amstead, because I have to load it and then go downstairs and play with Transformers as a kid. Um, yeah, while you wait for it to load, yeah, I, I can't really remember that. what games I had on the Amstrad, but I had a few. Oh, you had an Amstrad too. Oh, good. Amstrad CPC with the uh, the black keyboard with the green, green and red. I think it was Control or Alt. Hmm. It's, 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 it's not that. too That's bad the for that makes us listen to. That's great. It's like a little Robocop thing over there. No. Shame he's not very good at playing the game he's made. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we are. Well done. So for the list for the listeners, we're looking at uh, superior retro game. Um in comparison to that that spectrum stuff that that shows us. It's terrible. Um, it looks yeah, great. It's a platformer. You get little slimers and stuff. Yeah, it's a platformer. It's uh, Gates to Heaven. It was, not Heaven's Gate, crying out loud. That's the uh, name of a cult. I'll just pause it there and just have a look to see if we really more to do the article. There's some other bits on there. Yeah, God, I remember the coloured keys on that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The blue enter key. and mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had that big, thick manual where it had bits that you could program in and, and how to use it. Yeah. Uh, here's what the website says. For more than 15 years have passed since our friend Ruperto Gonzalez saved humanity by infecting Microchoff's central computer. Mike, Mike, 
Microsoft Central Computer. I mean, uh, Chuff. Microsoft. control of Mr. Gates to his WH2 operating system. I like this game more. Now, I like uh, this now, game a lot more. Now Finally, we know why it's called Gates to Heaven. Was absorbed and remade. Uh, reborn. Sorry, was absorbed by a reborn company emerged from the bastions of microinformatics. Oh my God! Dubbed Amstoff Plus. Hmm. What is this? Amstrad Plus. Whose headquarters located on a unique museum. Uh, the tables have changed. Uh, dangerous radical groups are preventing Amstoff Plus from deploying. AMSDOS, an operating system, a revolutionary project that will advocate for global freedom on the network. <laughs> okay, evolution of web uh, 4.0. Danger it is in danger. AM plus, AMSOFT Plus has turned our brave heroes into avoiding blocking. So, uh, I, I think I translated from Spanish. I imagine I've bollocks that up completely. Plus, dry mouth, very tired brain. And I didn't have it set in old man vision. So, um, if you want to play Superior game, I suggest you go and find Seek Out Gates to Heaven on either the Amstrad proper, not some beefed up um, retro pie that someone's declared to be a Spectrum and is not a Spectrum, but somehow everything's better on it, blah, blah, blah. A genuine Amstrad thing. Or you can do it on emulators, because there's nothing wrong with emulators. Emulators are fine, aren't they, Nigel? <laughs> Yeah, if I had an emulator, I'd probably use it. Okay, I've got to go because my sound's just bollocked up. So, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.